how do we dress, date, get married, parent in a way that honors the Lord, in a way that is counter cultural. That is what we are discussing today with my friend, John Mason. He is the co-founder of God First, Life Second. He is the creator of I Won't Stay Silent, which is a a campaign about the struggle that men have with pornography and lust. He's doing amazing work. He sets an incredible example, especially in how he conducts himself and chooses his words on social media. This conversation is going to be so encouraging for you. I'm excited for you to hear it. Uh, This episode is brought to you by our friends, of course, at Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie. That's goodranchers.com slash Allie. John, thanks so much for joining us. For those who may not know, who may not follow you on Twitter, can you tell us who you are and what you do? Yes. Yeah. So my name is John Mason. I'm a youth ministry director. I've been doing that for about a year and a half. Um, and so before that, I was an IT security analyst for about 10 years professionally, did that for a while. Um, and um, now I'm doing youth ministry director. Now I am a youth ministry director. Mm-hmm. And so um, I also have a online community ministry called God First Life Second, uh, where I basically continue to put out information and truth about how we are to contend the faith yeah. um, as millennials and also specifically as parents as well that's very important and how we have to represent christ so that is what i do yeah tell me (laughs) about the transition from being in it to being in ministry how did you determine that that's what god was calling you to do yeah this is a very interesting story so um i had came to visit where the church is i'm working at now multiple times over the years and one time i came around 2016 and it was just a strong tug on me that I need to move here and I need to relocate and I need to go ahead and, and go into full time ministry. Of course, my first answer was no. Uh, I don't think that's I don't think that's God because <laughs> um, yeah. that's just how it goes. And so um, after a while, talked to my wife um, and then um, we decided to make the move. And when we did, um, we actually dealt with um, very, very hard consequences where we were um, flooding. We had to put our house on the market. Yeah. It was really, really tough. And so we had to go through all of that, overcome that. And then we finally made the move um, in 2020, end of 2020. So it was a, uh, it was one of those challenging, very, very challenging um, transitions. It was not easy, but um, all four of my kids at the time, four kids, we all moved up and um, we're still adjusting. Yeah. (laughs) And before that, you were you were a believer. Have you always been a believer, like raised a Christian or what uh, does that journey look like? So I was raised in church. I've been in church since I was four years old. Church I was in, however, was not preaching the gospel, did not preach Christ, did not. It was more of a non-denominational kind of word of faith church. Mm -hmm. And so I really didn't. And word of faith, is that like charismatic? More charismatic. It wasn't like all like full charismatic, but it was like bits and pieces of charismatic. um, So like prosperity gospel? More prosperity. I would say that more prosperity gospel. And so in that church from four all the way up to about 17. And it wasn't until about 17, somebody from a different country came in Mm -hmm. and did a small Bible study in that church. Uh, they went over John chapter one. Mm. And in that small Bible study at 17, I got to say, after hearing that message to be in church my entire life, wow. um, I actually came to belief in Christ. And so that was, you know, very shocking to hear that you've been in church your whole life. You don't know who Christ is, but wow. that's how it, that's how God ordained it. So, wow, that's yeah. really interesting yeah. that it took all that time that you were in church. You didn't really ever hear the gospel, which is At what all. the church is for. And yeah. it just took one person 
showing you scripture. Yeah, from a different country, by the way. <laughs> from yeah. a different country. It wasn't even from that city. So. And you know, yeah. that's such a, that in itself is a good lesson because yeah. it does seem like a lot of churches today, they think in order to draw you to Christ, they have to tell you what you want to hear. They have to tickle yes. your ears. Yes. They have to kind of satisfy or satisfy just a few worldly desires mm-hmm, or check mm-hmm. a few worldly boxes yeah. and then that will attract you to n- enough and then they'll actually share the gospel yeah. all you needed was scripture all you needed was the gospel one or two verses and yeah. that, that opened up my eyes to christ clearly yeah. so, and isn't yeah. that such a, like a, a more simple task of the church too that you don't have to you don't have to worry about keeping no. up with the world you really nope. can stick with the truth that has been true and sufficient for thousands of years yeah Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No question about it. And it's, it's funny because in our culture in America, you know, we run into the idea of being an American, being a part of the, the culture and being, you know, like you said, worldly. And that becomes a priority. And that was mm-hmm. a priority in that church. It was it really was. And so um, I'm just grateful to God that he sent who he sent to come and do yeah. that Bible study. And now I'm here yeah. talking to you. <laughs> and how did you meet your wife? Yeah. So very interesting story as well. I met my wife, actually, believe it or not, on Facebook. Okay. Okay. Started with an inbox. Okay. Okay. We were friends, like you friend people on Facebook. You don't even know who they are. And then <laughs> I, I posted something, um, something about, you know, a women's hair or something like that. And it was something generic. And she inboxed me and she was like, hey, what do you mean by that? What are you trying to say? This is that kind of like checking me on my post. And so I'm like, who is this? I don't even know who this person is. And that's how I got started. Ended up changing numbers um, <laughs> from that. Funny. Believe it or not, it was changing numbers. We had a lot in common. We had the same convictions about our, our faith in Christ. And so we exchanged numbers and then had our first conversation. And then from there, we basically just kicked it off. Now, we didn't do any dates, by the way. Not one single date. We got to know each other by going in group like events with other okay believers and other so friends. So she lived in your same area? Lived in the same area, And so yeah. you all started just hanging out together kind of with your friends from yep. church? Yep. and okay. Friends from church. Yep. Got to know each other through that and about a year later we got married. Yeah. <laughs> we knew it was the yeah. person. Well, so, so tell me a little bit more about that process because yeah. before we talk about like parenthood, homeschooling, we're going to talk about all those things mm-hmm. but I'm just curious because that's not the typical dating experience even Correct. for most Christians. That's not, you know, not the dating experience that I had with my husband. Right. I'm very thankful that we got married when and how we did but of right. course looking back i'm like oh could we have protected ourselves more could we have been wiser in our dating relationship by doing what you just described because we spent right. a lot of alone time right. together could it have been healthier and better if we had spent more time in in, in group so tell me what that right. was like for y'all yeah so what happened was that both her and i were both constantly doing that and so it kept failing. We had boyfriend, girlfriend, and it kept failing, 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 dating, trying to figure out who's the person and then doing it in our own strength, doing our own thing. And it didn't work. So both her and I were like, okay, we're done with dating. We're yeah. not dating anymore. We're just going to trust God, literally trust God that he's going to bring my spouse to me. And we'll know who he or she is by trusting God and walking with the Lord in our relationship with him. Mm. Um, and so because of those failures that happened prior to what happened to where we got to where we got to know each other that those boundaries were up really strong for both of us we kind of went through the same thing and so those boundaries allowed us to both at the same time agree upon hey this we're not trying to talk because i wasn't even i really stopped looking I, I stopped looking after the last relationship that failed i just stopped looking and say okay god i know you're gonna bring me my wife so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna just trust you mm-hmm. and i know that if i trust you and walk with you then i know i'm gonna get exactly who you have for me like it won't be anything to guess it'll happen the way it's supposed to and that's literally what happened in less than a year of me trying to stop with the person i was with before my wife less than a year here comes 
my, yeah. my future wife. And so it was just walking in faith. We talk about walking by faith. We do that a lot of times with houses, cars, a job, walk by faith to get this, to get your, you know, whatever you think is best for you. But we kind of negate that when it comes to walking by faith, when it comes to relationships. Yeah. When we are Christians, we, don't, we think we're, we have all the answers. And sometimes that ends up putting us in bad positions and we don't realize it till later. Yeah. And so we just both trusted God and just God, you know, led it spiritually. Right, let me pause and tell you guys about my Patriot Supply. I know that y'all are worried about food shortages and supply chain issues. I get it because I'm worried about that too. And you just want to make sure that your family is prepared for the worst because it's always better to be safe than sorry, especially when it comes to feeding yourself and your family. And that is exactly why my Patriot Supply exists. They offer these three-month emergency food kits. They're good for 30 years. So you can just stick them in your pantry, in your laundry room. They're good to go for whenever you need them. It's a three-month supply of food per person. So you'll want to get one kit for everyone in your family. It truly tastes good. It's really nutritious. It will supply you with all of the nutrients that you need. Go to preparewithally.com. Grab your 20% savings off each three-month food kit. Like I said, it's so much better to be safe than sorry. You can just have peace of mind knowing that you've got this if you should ever need it. Go to preparewithally.com for that discount. That's preparewithally.com. Did y'all have any one-on-one dates when you were in a relationship? After we were engaged. After, so you just got to know her in groups with people. Yep, on the phone. And Okay, yep. on the phone. Yeah, phone so, calls. And yep. that's yep. how, because some people I think would ask, well, how do you really get to know that person right. at all? Like, <laughs> how can you get to the point of knowing you want to spend the rest of your life with that person if you're mm-hmm. only in groups? So right. it's just a lot of conversations in those settings. Yep. A lot of conversations, a lot of time, understanding each other, where we, what was important to us, that was an important thing, our intentions about marriage. Those things were all discussed and those things were understood in those conversations and in those group outings. So, yeah. yeah. And what do you say to those, the Christian men and women? There's a lot of, it's mostly Christian women who listen to this podcast mm-hmm. who are like, okay, I hear what you're saying about trusting God, but man, it's just not happening for me. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> there's got to be something I can do or like, how do I make this happen? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not necessarily God's plan for every single person to get married. So, like, what's your encouragement or your wisdom to young Christians who find themselves in that position? They really want to get married and find the person that they hope God has for them. But they just feel so frustrated and hopeless. Yeah, I would encourage them, number one, to look at yourself the way God sees you. Yeah. So if you're single and you desire to be in a relationship. God knows that way deeper than you do, mm. way deeper than you do. So you have that desire, but God knows what you really need, and what you want. Mm. He knows it way better than you. So if you say, OK, God, you know what I need and I want. Therefore, your word. Now go back to the scripture. Your word says that basically lets us know that the man will initiate that. I don't have to go out and put myself out on the market. I don't have to act like this is something I got to chase or go after. No, I can actually prepare myself to be a wife. Start looking at my, what are the things I need to be looking at to make sure I'm lined up to be a wife? What are some concerns, some issues, some past traumas? What are some things I need to make sure are whole in me and just continue working on that and continue focusing on your relationship with the Lord? And as you walk that out, God and his providence, by His, by what he has designed for you, by his ordination, will bring forth your husband. He will be drawn to you because God knows your desire way more than you do. So I would, I would encourage those young ladies to not, use the culture standards of putting yourself out there to try to attract 
a man rather than just use your time with the Lord as a time of preparation to yeah. be a wife. It's, it really is a walk by faith thing. It yeah. could be something that's going to happen next year, next week. It could be something that's going to happen two years from now. Yeah. It could be five years from now. But you have to trust God in that time and your emotions, your will, your passions, your desires. All those things have to be trusted in God's hands before it's put in a man's yeah. hand. Now, your wife did message you, but I she guess did. she wasn't necessarily pursuing you. Oh, not at all. She was like me, like, I'm not looking for any. Like, matter of fact, when we did meet in person and stuff, she was very off-putting. It was, there was <laughs> nothing she was trying to be like, oh, yeah, you see me? Because she was, she had it with being in relationships and it kept just being horrible. Yeah. So she just was not doing it, period. I was in the same boat. So, yeah, she wasn't, she just inboxed me literally to ask me a question. She was doing that to other people, too. That's just how she is. She's like, so what you trying to say? You know, she wanted to get down to the bottom of the truth. So yeah. that's why she inboxed me. Yeah, so. And now you all have five kids together. Five kids. Age yes. nine to 11, 11 months. months. You said yep. three boys. and uh, Three girls. Three girls. Three girls and two boys. And two boys. Yep. So tell us just kind of what that has been like raising kids yeah. in this crazy world, raising five kids. And I believe you homeschool all of them, yes, right? Correct. So tell us just the challenges and the triumphs that comes with that. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of challenges. <laughs> yeah. A lot of challenges. So we had our first kid. Uh, 2013 so we talked married in 2011 so two years into remember we didn't spend a whole lot of alone time yeah so big adjustment yeah <laughs> so here comes a child two years into our marriage and so um we you know be a parent do what you got to do and then it comes the next child next child so we basically been having kids since we've been married pretty much it's yeah. been almost little to no gap longer than a year and a half yeah um where we haven't had a child come so <laughs> yeah so um yeah so it's basically been being a parent stepping up to the plate doing what needs to be done trusting the lord with each child because each individual child has their own need and issue and concern each child and so each one of them needs certain attention each one of them need to be discipled in a certain way we have to make sure they learn in a certain way so on and so because homeschooling so um yeah it's been a very big challenge my wife and i have struggled to find a long time it's, it's difficult with five kids but we have to and they're, all, to, at and they're all, all at home and they're all at home continually and so we have to be make that a priority and I would say that to any other couple who also is in the same position um, you have to find like you might be intentional by finding time to be alone whether it's you know time when the kids go to bed so on and so forth and we try to build our relationship off that and so yeah it's been it's been challenging it's been yeah. challenging I would say the homeschooling part is more I would say the homeschooling is more um because we what we do is we do an online homeschooling. So for our nine year old and our seven year old, they do online. They were in a charter school, by the way, when we first moved moved where we're at now. We're, we're in a charter school. And so that charter school was option C. <laughs> option B was uh was uh going to an educa Christian education school and then option A was was homeschooling. But at the time we just couldn't do it. So we put them in a charter school, couldn't find Christian education. And so we pulled them out of that place because as we know what's going on right now in, in schools, it just it wasn't working. So we pulled them out. Now we're doing online homeschool education. And what curriculum do y'all use, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, it's um the home the homeschool online curriculum is Enlightenment Academy, and so they have uh, their own. And so the one that we're using is um, Horizons for the for the uh, first grader. But my my son who just finished first grade uh, was Horizons, and so he went through that. It was good. I think it was really good. My wife enjoyed it. And then my my daughter is doing online. With everything's online. There's no books. Everything, all the curriculums coming online. I, I'm not sure what curriculum they're using for the second grade. So yeah, or third grade. She's in third. Yeah, and so you decided to make this decision because the charter school wasn't working. But yeah. you mentioned that even before you put them in charter school, your y'all's first 
choice was homeschool. Right. Why? Why did y'all decide that that was what y'all wanted to do? We feel like homeschooling is number one is the primary way to educate and disciple your children mm. because of the dangers is out in schools right now. And we're aware of that because where we go to church, that's that's something that's put in the forefront and I'm thank God for that but and so we are aware of the danger so we want to homeschool because that's the primary now at the ages that they are and because we had just had another child uh, it was challenging so we said let's let's try this charter schools we had a charter school in our where we were that we moved from it's really really good mm. a lot of teachers there were believers mm. and it had just got started before we moved like literally months yeah. and so our daughter was there and it was it was wonderful yeah and so um we couldn't find that where we're at now and we tried it it didn't work so it was like yeah. let's just pull let's just do homeschool let's make it work and so that's why we're doing it now okay let me tell you about hunter douglas if you are looking to uh, put up new shades in your home or you are trying to change the shading system that you have currently to be updated, to look better and to feel better, then you need to check out Hunter Douglas. They have energy leading, energy efficient shades that provide superior insulation against heat and cold for year round comfort. The best part is their PowerView automated shade technology. It allows you to schedule your shades to automatically adjust to their perfect positions throughout the day. From letting in light slowly as you awake to adjust to block uh, to block the hot midday sun or raising just in time for a perfect sunset. My parents have been using Hunter Douglas for a really long time. They have Hunter Douglas shades all throughout their home. They look really classy, really good, and they really do help you save on your energy bills because of that insulation. Plus, that PowerView technology is just the cherry on top. So go to hunterdouglas.com slash for your free style get smarter design guide with fresh takes creative ideas and smart solutions for dressing your windows that's hunterdouglas.com slash alley for your free design guide hunterdouglas.com slash alley a lot of people say that they really want to homeschool their kids but they just can't afford it Mm -hmm. um what do you say to people who say it's it's too expensive we can't do it yeah i would say was first thing is you need to pray um if you're going to prioritize educating your children, discipling them as well, because that's what the whole point of education is discipleship. Mm -hmm. So as you're doing that, you're prioritizing that, you need to pray to the Lord, Lord, this is what I desire to do for the children that you bless me with. This is my desire. You pray and you ask the Lord to lead you and guide you to make that happen. And if that doesn't happen, there's other options available. You have to do the best you can with what you have. But the, the primary thing is this. You are the primary disciple of your children. Like that's your role, that's your responsibility. That's not the school's job. That's not the Christian education school's job. That's not the charter school. That's not, it's your job to make sure your children know. If you keep that in your mind, the decisions you make will then be, I think, more God glorifying. Mm. If you keep in mind that God gave us this as a responsibility. So whatever decision I make after that, if I have to sacrifice, change jobs. If I have to do something else, if I have to go get extra job, whatever I need to do in your, every household is different. Then you do that to make sure God's getting the glory and these these children that God bless you with are being primarily discipled by you and not by some outside cultural institution and yeah. you know. Yeah. So. And I know a lot of parents who reach out to me whenever we talk about homeschooling and they always want me to say this from mm-hmm. them to parents who are worried about the financial aspect of it yeah. is that 
you can do what God calls you to do. You can do what you set out to do. Things that seem impossible, as you were just saying, are made possible Mm. by God. And it just depends on what is most important. Now, as you also said, every family is different. So Mm. I'm not speaking to every single situation. But in the same way that, in a similar way that, Say you aren't working out because you're like, I, I don't I don't have time. I don't have time to exercise. Mm-hmm. And then you decide to. And you're like, where did all this extra time come from? <laughs> well, it's actually just because you determined that that was a priority. You determined that working out was more important than scrolling on your phone for 30 minutes or sleeping in for 30 minutes. And it's not that there's new time in the day. <laughs> it is that you decided that you could do it. And yeah. so you decided to do it. Right. It's the same way with anything, but especially when it comes to discipling your kids. If you decide that it is more important for your kids to be discipled at home than making the extra $50,000 or whatever it is, you'll make it work. work. People who make very little money make it work every day. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And tell us a little bit more about um, how you guys navigate as a couple, the different challenges that you were talking about in homeschooling your kids. Like how do you encourage one another? How do you kind of stay focused on the task at hand when sometimes it probably does seem easier to just say, you know what, we could just send them to public school and not worry about this. Yep, for sure. Um, So one of our children, Uzziah, he is, he just got diagnosed autism. Mm. And so he's five. And so that's that's our biggest challenge, getting him therapy and trying to get him to speak because he's nonverbal. That and trying to homeschool all the kids is very, very challenging. It's very, very challenging. So my wife is an amazing woman and she takes on that challenge because to her, these are my children. I want to make sure they're safe. I want to make sure they're discipled. I want to make sure these things are happening for them at the best level they possibly can be. And that's just who she is. And she'll give up everything she can to do that. Um, She's an amazing woman. And so um, those things are all coming together at the same time. It's very, very challenging. So to encourage each other, what we have to do is we have to basically bring it back to the scripture. Um, We have to bring it back to what God's calling is for our lives as a wife, as a husband, as a mother, as a father. If we bring it back to that, that's the source. That's the root. When those times get really hard, they do get hard. We can go back and be encouraged to know that this is a season. God has blessed us with these children for this season. All the challenges that are there because they're because God ordained them to be there. It's not an accident, right? We're not running into these things because they just popped up. They're here because God has allowed them to be here to strengthen us, to make our family who they, who we are. And so we use those those biblical foundations, those biblical ideas to kind of strengthen us, to be able to get through the challenges and, and the hard times of, of homeschooling. Yeah. Are you discouraged by the seeming inability or unwillingness of a lot of Christians to go back to scripture, not when it comes to necessarily just like the challenges they face, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to a lot of the cultural issues that you and I both talk about, that you tweet about, that primarily for the Christian, they're not cultural, they're actually theological issues. We're talking Mm -hmm. about gender and abortion and marriage, sexuality, dating. Um, are you ever discouraged by how Christians seem to be more worldly on these issues than than biblical? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, I mean, the, the statistics that are out from Barna and other people who do statistics, um, other universities do statistics, I mean, it's clearly showing that a biblical worldview is just not a priority amongst Christians um, for majority, people who profess to be Christians. And that's reflecting 
and how we just absorb and take on as a as a culture, Christian culture, these ideologies and these ideas that are completely anti-Christ, anti-God. It is very discouraging. And so that's part of the reason why I try to do everything I can with my platform that God has blessed me with, which is awesome. I know you do the same thing with the, God, the platform God has blessed you with. It's to continue to profess the truths of God and continue to point people back to the standard of Christ because that's all we can do. It is it is discouraging. It's, it's, it's really difficult to watch because it's a majority thing. Yeah. It, it's a majority. And we're talking about parents. So you're like, if you're a parent. This should be important to you, right? You should be like, this should be something that you'd be like, okay, this I have to look at this from a lens from which God gave me to be able to, disciple these kids but many unfortunately are not not doing it yeah yeah why do you think the issue of lgbtq gender what people refer to as sexual orientation Mm -hmm. that seems to be a subject that for a lot of professing christians they just don't want to be clear on they'll kind of you know obfuscate they'll beat around the bush or they will just 100 percent compromise because oh well god is love and we're just called to love and god will take care of the rest whatever that may be right why do you think that is an issue that is so difficult for a lot of christians to be clear on yeah i think it's an issue because we just and i'm just gonna say this we don't have a spiritual backbone Mm. um a lot of christians would rather just kind of conform which is not what the bible says we're supposed to do supposed to be transformed but they would rather conform because it's easier yeah so if i if i don't bow to the lgbtq agenda if i don't uh, line myself up with the ideas of like you said love is love if I don't line myself up with that then I'm going to be looked at as those names that they call everybody who doesn't do that and I'm going to be looked at as this and my job may not like this because I posted this and, sh- and so it's just all these compromises that allow you and so one of the things that I'm, I'll say this that are happening right now amongst American culture I mean Christian culture is that we've ab- adapted all these ideologies and beliefs and kind of put them into one and said Christian We've adapted progressivism, liberalism. We've adapted and pulled from, you know, some Eastern meditation type. You know, we've adapted all these different religions and ideas and said, well, I'm also a Christian, but I'm a Christian. And but but your worldview says all these religions, all these beliefs are all the same. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, what happened with the sexual revolution, how we ended up where we are now. We just kind of adapted with the flow instead of going back to scripture and saying what sexuality is based on the word. We just say, hey, you know, we've been doing this. We've been doing boyfriend and girlfriend. We've been doing dating like this. We've been doing, you know, uh, it's okay for two men to want to be with each other and get married. That's okay. It's nothing wrong with that. That's their bit. And so it's this ideas and concepts and ideas that come at you and you just adapt them and culturally accept them rather than go back to the word and and the statistics show that most Christians are okay with that and so that's I think that's really the, the issue Okay, I want to tell you guys about Donors Trust. It is the tax-friendly way to simplify your charitable giving without compromising your values. Cancel culture is coming for charitable dollars. Big banks that sponsor charitable savings accounts or donor advised funds, as they are often called, have a history of slow walking or altogether blocking donations to organizations that they don't like, particularly Christian and conservative organizations and charities. Charities rejected by some of the big banks include Family Research Council, National Review Institute, the National Rifle Association Foundation, Liberty Council, and others. You don't need to worry about 
about that when you do your charitable giving through Donors Trust. Let Donors Trust help service your charitable giving. If you already have a charitable giving account, consider opening a rollover account. It can be done in three simple steps by calling my friends at Donors Trust. Don't wait until it's too late. Don't wait until you realize that the company that is managing your charitable giving is going to be making its decisions based on your politics or based on the politics uh, or the apparent politics of the organizations that you are trying to donate to. Make sure that your charitable giving is secure by going to donorstrust.org slash Allie. That's donorstrust.org slash Allie. You know, I don't think a lot of people link it to what you just did, that it kind of goes back to Christian compromise on um, on on dating, how we kind of have adopted the world's definitions or like the world's model of dating and relationships and sex. I think that we kind of are more tolerant of that. Um, but really that does lead to a lot of compromise mm-hmm. on these kind of LGBTQ issues because it does have to do, it all goes back to not trusting what God says about the body, what right. God says about sex, what Correct. God says about gender, what God says about gender roles. I mm-hmm. mean, it's also feminism mm-hmm. and all different things that have infiltrated the church, even I would say cons- the conservative church in some ways. Right, right. Um, and that really is kind of what placed us on shaky ground when it comes to the rest of the sexual revolution. And a lot yeah. of people don't think about it like that. They, they think it's, oh, it's fundamentalist to say that, but, you know, that Christian men and women should date a certain way or right. save themselves until marriage, but it's right. all kind of connected, right? all kind of connected what do you think about and this is sorry to like spring this on you so but the Mm -hmm. uh i think it was joshua harris i think that Mm -hmm. was his name who originally wrote i kiss dating goodbye which kind of like i saw some of that yeah Yeah. i mean it kind of set up a lot of christians for doing the whole like courting arrangement Mm -hmm. a little bit of what you talked about that you did with Mm -hmm. your wife without going on these one-on-one dates well he has since like abandoned it he doesn't even know if he's a christian anymore he's a paul apologizing for that right uh, what do you what do you think about that and people who say that oh purity culture in the church or pro courting whatever in the church is actually damaging and oppressive and bad yeah that, that's crazy um i don't joshua harris i don't know why he decided to do all of that and recant what he said i don't i don't know if his intentions were just to write a book and make some money and not really truly reflect biblical you know characteristics about relationships and biblical standards maybe that's what it was but um i mean at the end of the day you either believe in the authority of scripture for your life or you don't yeah if you claim to be a christian your faith has to be founded on something outside of being in, in the culture of america because america's going to come and go it has to be something outside of you know today in 2023 you know 2022 it has to be something greater something that's more fundamental something that's more foundational And that has to be scripture. So if it's scripture that I'm founding on, that I'm going back to Genesis and I'm looking at how God put a man and woman together and they come become one. And if that's the foundation, then everything else is an add on. It's an add on no matter what the culture does It's an add on. So I think it's a lack of discipleship um, inside the Christian culture, inside Christianity in America. Discipleship is not happening. Therefore, the script, the authority of scripture is not there. What's there is the authority of culture. And so you just adapt and you just do what the culture does and it's normal. And so yeah. since it's normal, whatever comes from that normal, which usually destroys lives, makes people worse when they get married, it's basically practicing for divorce. 
essentially all the boyfriend girlfriend break up boyfriend girlfriend break up boy god didn't design Practicing us for that for divorce yeah he didn't design us for that that's not what we're designed to, like he said in genesis one a man and a woman come together become one so if you're becoming one with multiple people over and over again something's wrong with that that's dysfunction right mm. and so we don't nobody tells us that nobody instructs us that in the church because we don't talk about it and so because we're not doing that we just grow with the culture we just grow up with the culture and the culture to, and, and the culture is destroying itself as we are where we are now like you said you know we led up to where we are now and we're just rolling with them instead of being the light in the darkness right instead yeah. of shining forth the truth with our lives and living the standard of scripture, which is being married, coming together, building the family, the family unit, and prioritizing that in your life, not being with a whole bunch of different people and then coming together with one person later on. Yeah. You know, and so it's and if you look at the results of that, I, I talk about this all the time on Twitter. You look at the results of that, it's just a bunch of damaged people. I'm one yeah. of them. I did the same thing. It's just a bunch of damaged people. And people think that when you do that, when you do the boyfriend, girlfriend thing, you try out, try out, try out, try out, and it's all gonna be good when you get in your thirties and get married all that trying out just goes with you like mm -hmm. because you're designed to be again one man one woman come one that's the that's the design that's the purpose so you're taking that all the band the baggage that comes with doing it in a perverse way yeah and it comes with you right because the bible talks about sexual sin being one of the only sins where you sin against your own body and against god so when you take that seriously, you can't do what the culture is doing it, because you you yeah. know what the the consequences and the prices are. Yeah, I think that some people they look back at their experience with what is typically derided as purity culture. Yeah, and they see some legitimate issues with it, which I I can I can see that there's like mm -hmm. a gracelessness mm -hmm. and a legalism Agreed. detached from detached from our real true motivations for purity, which is love for God Correct. and his word. And so some people were seriously burned by that. They I were agree. told that if you messed up, then you're like damaged goods. Mm -hmm. No one's gonna want you. Oh, God terrible. is mad at you. I yeah. read, there was a book terrible. called Dateable that I read growing up that basically compared a person to a used car. So the wow. less you have less and less value, the more that you've done. So that's, that's not pro-gospel. <laughs> but then swinging yeah. the other direction, which is what I think that we've done, which is, well, it doesn't matter what you do, yeah. do whatever right. and you'll be fine. And God loves everything that you do no matter what. Right. So you kind of already have, but once again, kind of bring us to the middle. middle what is yeah. the biblical perspective on pursuing purity truly as a Christian? Yeah, I think you kind of stated it's really just pursuing God and pursuing holiness. If you do that as, a, as an individual believer in Christ, if God is the number one priority, in your life and whatever you do whether it's being in a relationship whether it's getting a job whatever you decide to do it's to please the lord if you keep that at the forefront as the priority in your mind and your heart then whatever you do next whatever you pray about next whatever you desire next will then therefore line up with his word i think that's what it is and i think that um the culture building the purity culture thing like you said the legalism part has destroyed more hearts and minds than it should have. It's it, it the 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 intentions were good, right? You know, do it the way God has said. But yeah, you're not going to get anybody to do that when you're doing it legalistically. It should be grace, like you said. It should be led by the Spirit and the Word of God. Your desire to please God. That's what I think the what's missing is that. And so and so here's the issue: we're not teaching enough about God. Mm. 
if we teach the attributes of God, if we're teaching people who God is, we, we talk about God, we sing songs about God, we do all the things that are kind of like externally, you know, we do those things, we do religious acts and religious sayings, but they don't really know this God. Not only, not only knowledge, but also experiential. Yeah. Both of those things are important. So if you got the experience of God because you're saved and you have the Holy Spirit in you and then you know God who he is based on a revelation of God's word, then those two things will give you a passion for God. And, and through that, you'll then live in a way that says, yeah, no, my purity is what it is because I know God. I know Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think has been missing is that the not knowing God is it's just kind of like out. It's kind of like fluff. Yeah. It's kind of like just religious fluff rather than this awesome, real, authentic, powerful experience of the revelation of God's word and walking with the Lord. All right. Healthy Cell has an amazing product. It's an amazing company run by amazing people. So if you are one of the millions of Americans that has been taking multivitamins in the traditional capsule or tablet form, you may not know that you are probably not absorbing all of the nutrients, vitamins, and minerals that you need and that the bottle of those pills says that you are. That's because those pills and capsules are sometimes filled with different kinds of artificial fillers and flavorings that irritate the lining of your stomach and make it really hard for your body to absorb the vitamins that are in those capsules. That is why Healthy Cell uses a microgel technology that allows 165% more absorption than traditional pills. It doesn't contain any artificial sweeteners, flavorings, or colorings. It's non-GMO, gluten-free, soy-free, even vegetarian. It doesn't have any of those artificial fillers. So you can make sure that when you take your multivitamin every day, that you are actually absorbing everything that you need. This is especially important if you are pregnant, you're taking those prenatal vitamins, or you're trying to get pregnant, you really want to make sure that your body has, for example, all the folic acid that you need. So try out Healthy Cell with its microgel technology. Go to healthycell.com slash Allie. That's healthy, C-E-L-L.com. Use promo code Allie for 20% off your order. Healthycell.com slash Allie. I think it's the same thing with modesty. A lot of people now deride the idea of modesty and like a woman covering up or dressing modestly because they think that any form of modesty is legalism, but it's the same thing. It Mm. actually, modesty is actually speaking to a state of the heart that is then manifested through what we wear. So it's not exactly about how many inches above your knee your skirt is, although those things matter. I mean, there are standards, but that's not... the external is not primary it's secondary it's a consequence of what's in the heart have you found that like talks about modesty are um difficult to have or are not met with very much like a very good reception from even professing christians yeah absolutely unfortunately i think it's a uh, adapting to the again cultural standard um feminism and the idea that it's about you everything's about you it's mm-hmm. about what you want to do. It's your body. Yeah, your when, comfort. Yeah. Right. But if you're a Christian, it's not your body. It's actually 
the Lord's body if you're looking at scripture. And so from a biblical perspective, you know, that's not the case. So if the Lord is telling you in the word specifically to women that to be modest and a lot of people like twist, we're talking about prosperity and being, I mean, being, you know, being um, acting like you got wealthy and acting like you got a lot of money. It's not talking about how you dress. Well, the reality is God knew exactly why he needed to address women in scripture about modesty. Yeah, yeah. It's not an accident. It's like, well, what about the men? Okay, that's fine. We can talk about men, but God is not like slow. He didn't, like well I don't I didn't want to address men I forgot no yeah. he's addressing women yeah. specifically because he knows the heart of women he understands that women desire men and to go back to Genesis again your desire will be for men and so because as now a Christian woman now out of the darkness into the light not operating the fall but being led by the spirit now let me tell you what your new desires are not to attract and draw attention right which now we do today is central that's how we it's not so much wealth you can do that all right opulence and wealth and you know actually you got a lot of money but really is sensual now because everything is sexual now everything in our culture is derived off sexuality and so today in our culture that would be the same thing as what they're talking about with the wealth and the braiding of the hair and all the other stuff it's just basically look at me look at me look at me look at me and so god is saying to, to you you don't have to do that daughter of the well, my daughter you don't have to do that you don't have to draw attention to you your attention should rather come from your obedience to me and see if your attention comes from that rather than drawing attention to your body or being sensual then now not only do you glorify me but a man that truly is mine will see you the way he's supposed to design to see you rather than in the lust and flesh. And so that that guy is directly addressing women for a specific reason, because he knows the heart of women when they're in a fallen state. And he knows now that you're in the body of Christ. Here is now the, the new way as a new creation, how to see yourself and how to have others see you. And it should primarily start with me. And so yeah. the discussion with Masi is difficult because we have an entire generation of women that came up and said, do you, um, it's about mm -hmm. you, um, a grab hold of what makes you you know, look good, you know, make sure you show off your little bit something because that makes you feminine. That whole idea of femininity coming from, which which is really silly, exposing more of your body. So the more you expose your body, the more feminine it is. And I'm like, wait a minute, that just doesn't make any sense. Who, who came up with that? Whose idea was that? Because if I look at, you know, in history, it's like, okay, you know, men had on longer, longer gowns, women had on long gowns, everybody was just wearing kind of typical clothing. So yeah. why today did somebody come with this idea, and I'm pretty sure it was a man, that mm -hmm. if you if you have on less, that's a woman. That yeah. makes you feminine. And that's a lie. It's, it's not true. Um, that's just that's just a man trying to get you to look the way they want you to look so they can look at you and desire you in a way that's not godly. That's yeah. really what's happening there. And so, um, yeah, the discussion of modesty, I will say I, I posted something a few years ago um, that was a video. And I'll just say like there's a video of Christian men saying thank you for dressing mildly because modestly to Christian women, we didn't dress not to unbelievers, but to Christians. Thank you for dressing modestly because that helps me. I, I used to be a porn addict. I used to have issues with lust. And so I appreciate you thinking of your brother by dressing modestly. Man, I got so it was on Facebook. I got so many horrible comments like terrible comments about my men are this, men are that. And so what I came to the conclusion, I took it down. And I came to, it was only like two comments from women that were like, thank you for posting this as mm -hmm. a sister in Christ. I appreciate that. Two, out of hundreds, all of them were, the rest of them were negative. I'm like, okay. What this is telling me is there are a lot of women who have been abused by fathers, father figures, other men. And so all they see is that abuse from a man, which is horrible, which they shouldn't have went through. But that's all they see. And so if a man says, hey, do this and I appreciate it. It's like, no, you men are nothing. You abuse us. You don't, you know, you don't, you treat us bad. You treat us horribly. And so I figured, okay, we shouldn't just 
come from this direction of dress like this like you you know just dress like measure the skirt do it do that it's rather and also it's a christ-like thing so scripture talks about thinking of your brother and sister more highly than you think of yourself well if we know we live in a saturated sexually saturated culture that's that's everybody knows that and most men including me were introduced to pornography at a very young age unfortunately a very very young age and today is even worse because i was i grew up in the 90s and so because that's just reality as we come into a Christian context in our culture, saying that, hey, you know what? I know that sex is everywhere. Everything is about sex. And my brothers could be struggling. They could be in a place. Some of them could be stronger than others. Some of them could be struggling. Well, I'm, I'm going to think about them. It's not about me. It's not about, well, this is my body. I'm sure it ain't about you. You be, you know, gouge your eyes out. It, it's, it's not that attitude. It's the attitude of Christ that says, this is my brother. So since this is my brother, I'm going to dress in a way that's presentable. First of all, I'm going amongst other people to worship God. So I should be thinking about that in the first place, but also because there are brothers and sisters who are struggling, even sisters who are struggling. Let me not come in a way that could cause them to stumble. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, that's convicting for every Christian. Just when you're getting dressed in the morning, thinking, even if you're not tempted to, you know, like show everything off, still having in everything you do, the mentality of Christ of, okay, this is not about me. How you get dressed is not about you. How you take care of yourself is not primarily about you. Even though it is you, you are still being a steward of the body that God gave you. People talk a lot about self-care and Mm -hmm. things like that well really the lord is your shepherd and Mm -hmm. you are simply stewarding the body responsibly that god gave you through rest and rejuvenation and things like that but it's not about you right it's not about just what's making you happy and making you feel good it is worshiping the lord right and i think really that gets back to everything that we're talking about that is underneath when you're talking about sexual ethics, when you're talking about dating, when you're talking about purity and modesty and whether we conform to culture standards about identity and all different kinds of things, abortion, it Mm -hmm. all goes back to who you worship. And I'm certainly not saying this as someone who, wow, I've got that taken care of. Mm -hmm. That is sanctification, is conforming ourselves more and more to Christ and learning that Christ worship is not something that you do on Sundays, hmm. but that you do in every in every part of your life, right? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and the gospel is supposed to infiltrate all parts of our life. And gosh, God, give me the grace to do that better right. on a daily basis. And you mess up, correct, repentance. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. how can uh, people follow you, support you, hear more of what you have to say? Yeah, so you can go to uh, GodFirstLifeSecond.com. You spell it all the way out. Um, the Twitter page there, the Instagram is there, YouTube. Um, we have a podcast. I just started not too long ago. Podcasts okay. down Apple Podcasts and on the rest of the uh, What's podcast. What's the podcast called? Uh, God First Life Second. Spell all the way out. God First. God First Life, life Second. Spell second. all the way out. We'll put the and we'll you, put the link in the description so yeah. people can click on it. Yeah, yeah. I just put an episode up uh, about a week ago, so I'll okay. check out check that out. Um, so we have that, and on our website we have you know things there you can like i said podcast we have an explanation of the gospel uh we have some challenges on there we have some product that we sell that just kind of challenge you and people who see the message on you on whatever you're wearing to just basically glorify god there's been moments where i've wore stuff and people look at me and say hey 
man, that's that's right. Yeah. I, yeah, that's good. And so it's just pointing people to Christ and yourself. When you wake up in the morning, you know what? It's about him. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of what God for like second was designed to do. I love that. You know, people think that wearing a T-shirt or doing something seemingly, you know, little like that, that that's just insignificant, that it's it doesn't not. make a difference. But you really never know. I was just talking to you. I, I think you probably follow Neil Shin V. Yeah. Um, and he was saying how he became a Christian, started down that journey because uh, Campus Crusade for Christ had like set up a table at his college and then were passing out free C.S. Lewis books. Mm. And he took one of those and that started him on wow. his journey. So someone wow. did something that they probably saw as just totally commonplace and insignificant. Right. You never, you never know. You never know. You never God know. works in all of that. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much. I appreciate you taking thank the time you. to come on, encourage people to follow you, support you, check out appreciate your website it. and your podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you, Allie. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. <laughs>